The Gardening Hour podcast on BBC Essex with Ken Crowther. Hello and welcome to the BBC Essex Gardening Hour podcast, which you can download for free on the BBC Essex website. That's bbc.co.uk slash bbcessex. I'm Ken Crowther and coming up on the podcast this week, Mick Lavelle is my special guest as well as answering your gardening questions on all things from cucumbers, grass, beetroots and, of course, the water shortage. We'll also bring you some top tips on things you can be getting on with in the garden, plus Plant of the Week feature, all exclusive to the BBC Essex Gardening Hour podcast. The BBC Essex Gardening Hour with Ken Crowther. This is BBC Essex. Let's start then with this week's plant of the week, which is Napita. Do you know there's actually 250 different varieties and they vary so dramatically. There's a, a large growing one that is produces a hedge-like plant and there's down to very small ones that one is more suitable for the garden. They're native to Europe, so that's why they're here and there's many, many of them. Um, they're also the correct name was, was it, they were sort of called catnip. They're often called catmint, and you think why are they called catmint? I tell you, the smell that comes off of a catnip or a catmint or a napita is actually attracts cats, and it's actually euphoria. Yes, they lay there in a state of euphoria. Cats love them. So you might hate them because that means you might have cats sitting in your flower beds. It's a great herbaceous perennial to grow. Um, They really are superb. And I've got lots in some of the gardens that we look after. And in fact, the reason for that is that they give a huge amount of flower from sort of May into June. If by the end of June into early July or perhaps around that time, depending on the year... They've started to fade, the flowers. You cut them really hard back. Go over them with uh, either shears or a pair of secateurs and then water well, give them a good liquid feed, and I'll tell you what, you get a second huge flush of flowers. One of my favourites is Six Hills Giant. It really does do the job that it's supposed to. Great amount of flower. They come up to about 15, 18 inches high. They spread by a couple of feet. A row of those along the front of a border of roses. Oh, it's a delight. So there you are. That's my favourite, Six Hills Giant. But Napita is the one to try in your garden. Very durable. Puts up with pretty well any soil you like. And you can't go wrong because they're colourful. Ken Crowther. This is BBC Essex. Still to come on the BBC Essex Gardening Hour podcast, Mick and I will bring you some top tips on things you can be doing in the garden this week. But let's now hear what you've called us about. And we start with Jenny in Colchester. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I have, well, the only thing green in, in, on my grass are the weeds, unfortunately. Mm. They do come um, up better than the grass, don't they? Unfortunately, yes, they keep growing. The grass sears its off. But um, my question is, 
Um, as we're going to have a water ban very shortly, if we haven't already got one, um, what is safe water to put on plants without killing them off? Like if you have washing up water that's got liquid in it, is that safe to, to water um, the plant? That's, that's a really good question, it is, isn't yeah. it? Because we've got... So we'll go through it, shall we, Mick? Because yeah. we've got washing up liquid. Yeah. We've got washing machines and yes. then we've got dishwasher if you think of i mean you might not have i don't mean that rudely jenny but you might have a dishwasher you might not no, and I'm then the we dishwasher. <laughs> yeah we've got dishwasher and then we've got bath water yes. so we've got actually lots of gray water haven't we yeah. Nick? Yeah. of all of those the bath water is probably the least problematic uh, because yeah. we uh, we don't use very high concentrations of detergent when we're washing it. You may feel, you know, unless you're someone who has to have, you know, half a litre of bubble bath in every time you get into a bath. <laughs> um, it's it's not really that much in the way of um, soap, which is it's the soap and uh, et cetera. Washing up yeah. with water, I would say, is probably the the most problematic because not only has it got all the detergent in there, when you use yeah. quite high concentrations of it, uh, but it's also got a whole load of um, grease and fats and things like that in it, which um, yeah. is not necessarily the best. Um, right. the, the, from the washing machine, it's probably not too bad, particularly if, if um, you know, there's a, there's a number of rinse cycles and things like that. And um, certainly a mixture of them all, if you've got you know, somewhere to store all, is, is not particularly problematic. And certainly, I know I stayed out with a friend in Western Australia a number of years ago, and all of his garden irrigation water was yeah. uh, from really? grey water. Yeah. Right. It did give a slightly eggy smell when, he's, when he's, he put his automatic <laughs> irrigation system on him, and he'd be sat there, look, sidelong looks at each other, wondering, <laughs> and you realise it was irrigation. But um, yeah, it, it's perfectly okay to use, but you, your soil's only got a certain capacity to deal with it. So right. if you're using things like washing so up liquid. What about hand soap when you wash your hands? And that's not particularly that's problematic, right. yeah, because it, um, it breaks it, down to a certain extent in the yeah. water. Um, yeah. If you're using it repeatedly, though, in pots, this is where you might get a build-up of things. The soil is, right. is usually far more biodiverse. There's lots more organisms in there which will deal with it compared to so a So a mix container. would work better with a container or, a, so, or yeah. a basket. Yeah. 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 But certainly if you've got things like water from water butts, you can use it, you know, dilute it with that, and it'll... Um, you know, do the you'll, job. You'll, you'll stretch your water out a bit better but bath water is the best one I always tell this story of back in 19 I can't remember what it was when we had a big drought and um, I used to grow plants in my mum and dad's back garden mm. and in fact I used to because it had outside pipes which are now hidden so much in new housing um, I actually cut into the her the bathroom, mm. complete bathroom outlet, and in fact put it into tanks outside their kitchen <laughs> mm. so I could water my plants in her garden. Uh, didn't go down too well because you can imagine the bathwater and that after you'd left it there for a few days didn't become the most uh, pleasant. But, <laughs> there uh, is an aroma to it. There is an there? aroma to it. But anyway, <laughs> so the answer is I used to do it. Yes, you can do it. And mm, yeah. uh, I think what Mick says is possibly washing up water is uh, the, the dirt, dirtiest because yeah. of what we're washing up basically mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's fine i have another question yeah for well. sure um i've got a flower in my garden which beautiful when it flowers it's a, a the common name is bellflower yeah, companion companion yeah. yeah that's it yeah mm. that's the flower um this time of the year when they're finished flowering they spread like mad on the ground yes um, i don't know what you called you little seedlings what do you call them 
Yeah, well, it'll be, it'll be a combination of seedlings and also runners. a lot of them. Where they, yeah, they have runners and stolons, which That's they... That's um, right, they do, they yeah. do. They, and they'll take over the garden if you let them. Indeed. Which, well, I think you sort of, you know, that's the answer. To, you've almost given your answer in your, in the, if you let them. You have yeah, to, this time of the I year, you have to... I want to know, because oh. I need to thin mine out. I yeah. need to know which ones, how can I tell the ones that will flower next year? Because they all flower. It's a perennial, so it all will. Yeah. Yep. You needn't worry at all. You just cut it back to wherever you want to stop it. Yep. Right. Does that's that make sense right. for you? That's, that's answered my question. Yes, Lovely. Thank you very much. Okay, Jenny, that's thank Jenny you, Jenny in Colchester. Mm-hmm. And from Jenny in Colchester, we go down to Woodford Green to talk to Margaret. Hello, Margaret. Hello there. Um, I just want to ask you a question about crouch or meadow grass. How do I get rid of it? The cooch grass, the well, court co- one. Uh, co- cooch and meadowgrass are, um, are two different things, of course. Oh, really? you, yeah. I'm not sure yeah. which one I've got. Right. Yeah. Well, what, tell us what it's like. Has it got runners underneath the ground? Yes. Yeah, you probably grass. Yes. <clears throat> and where's it growing? In flower beds or in the lawn? Where, where, where are you trying lawn, to get rid of it? Yeah, it's thick and it's coarse and it's very hard to break and it's got quite a long root on it and it's shiny. Sounds like mm. cooch grass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's in your lawn? Yes. Very, ah, if very... it's in your lawn, mowing it. We, we do, one thing that cooch will not um, withstand is uh, regular mowing. Oh, so, okay. th- so yeah. in theory, even if we're saying to you, don't mow your lawn much because of the time of the year and how dry it is, what you can do is you can just go out there and cut with a pair of shears. Just yeah. keep cutting it, or, or, or put your mower on a higher setting. Yeah, on the highest setting because it won't take constant um, mowing. It's just one of the characteristics of it. So and then you just got to uh, make the effort to control it in your borders nearby to the uh, lawn. It, it, you should contain the problem quite easily. And mm. you could pull it out. I mean, you can pull it yeah, out, yeah, which yeah. will discourage it as well, Margaret. Mm. I'm pulling it out, and I've yeah. the bits that I pulled out, but it's coming up in more clusters now. You've just got to keep working at it. It's mm. not easy to get rid of out of a lawn, I have to be honest. Okay, then. Thank you I'm very being, much. I'm being nice and honest, but not giving you a great answer, am I? Because, you know, you, you're well, in for I'll a bit... Just hold on, then. Yeah, persistence pays off, yeah. It does indeed. <laughs> Thank you very much, Margaret. That's Margaret. She's called us on 0800 111 We've got a line free at the moment. If you'd like to give us a call, 0800 111 We go to Donna now. Hello, Donna. Hi. Now, where are you, Donna? Blackpool. Blackpool. Now, can I? Yeah. Dare I ask why you're in Blackpool? <laughs> I know who this is. <laughs> and you... Mick does know who I am. Oh, this is one of my mum's carers. It's, oh, hello, Donna. <laughs> then you're in Blackpool. You knew Mick was on today, did you? Yes, I did. I spoke to his mother. Ah, <laughs> oh, well, he's he's the best man for the answers, isn't he? So, what would you like to know, Donna? Okay, I'm actually concrete fingered. I'm useless at growing things. I'm useless at keeping things going when I manage to buy some border plants and plant them in. I'm just totally garbaged. But what I've decided to do is I'm, you know, I'm carrying on, soldiering on as per usual. And I bought myself um, a a little greenhouse with a plastic cover on, you know, like Mm -hmm. a a foot tall thing, five shelves thing. And I want to know how to start. Um, I just want plant, well, just nice flowers, really. Uh, what you can grow from seeds and seedlings or whatever it is they call them. I just don't know what to do with it. It's hot. This is going to be yeah, very this hot. Yeah, this time of the year, you probably the, the, the actual the, the, your plastic um, covered glass has probably too hot to grow things in. 
Uh, you, yeah. You'd be sewing things, you know, literally outside. And what you do is you try and get them in the shade. What you can do is you could actually take the covers uh, off the, the glass. You've got little shelves in there, and you could put some shading over there, something like that, just some light um, cloth, so like a, a white bed sheet would be uh, would be fine for it, and then um, grow them underneath that for now, because that'll keep the, them from getting scorched. And I mean, really, when it comes right. down when it comes down to um, things you want to grow this time of the year. The sorts of things you want to be sowing are things like um, wallflowers, um, double daisies, pansies, yeah, all that stuff. The things that will um, grow on and you'll be able to plant them out into the garden in the autumn. Okay, yeah. so, I'm, yeah. And that's the sort of thing you want to do um, now. Or, and you can grow anything which is perennial now. Well, June's a really good month for, for sowing with a view to the autumn. So go to a good garden centre or nursery and have a look, and you're looking at perennials. Mm. Look at what perennials, you, yeah. yeah. Mm. And then just check that they will flower within that one year because mm. some don't, and you just want to double-check yeah. that. The ones that Mix mentioned do. They yeah. will flower... Uh, straight away, won't they? Yeah, within yeah. a year. And foxgloves are another yeah. good one to plant this time of the year. If you've got shady spots in the uh, garden, just uh, sow some foxgloves. They'll come up um, quite um, readily. And uh, in fact, they come up like mustard and cress, really. You know, so you're just going to have to pot them on into individual little pots, and you grow them yeah. just out, again out of direct sunlight, just so they don't get scorched. And you can plant those out in the autumn, and they'll flower next spring, about next uh, April May time. Does that help right. you? Right. Yeah, yeah, it's. Uh, I'm not overly bothered if if I don't have anything flowering this year because yep. I'm having the front garden um, flagged and my stuff, my um, little trays, not my trays, my ornament things that I'm putting out, you know, for my plants to go in. Yep. Um, are in storage at the moment, so I can't really do. Best thing is invest in the future, but, but keep that plastic cover off your greenhouse and mobile. They'll be useful into the autumn. If you want to uh, to grow things, then you know. But I mean, uh, just for now. And the other thing, of course, if you want to, so you want to get on with growing some seeds and doing so, grow some little seeds of um, salad leaves. Some they're, they're usually uh, yeah, you could, could do that in. now. Yeah. All right. S- salad leaves. Yeah, yeah. You find packets of it in the garden centre. It's a mixed salad leaf thing, and you just cut and cut. They you can just keep cutting them. All right. Mm, yeah. Grow them in pots. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thank you very much. Jim. We've started no you. Off, we've started. We've started you off, Donna. So come on, give us a call when Mick's next on, and he'll, <laughs> he'll give you some more advice. And we now go to Iris and Lee. Sorry to kept you waiting a little while, Iris. That's fine. Um, it's interesting to hear other people's problems. Um, <laughs> I'm ringing up because my daughter lives in Norfolk, yep. and she, she has a laurel tree, mm-hmm. and all the leaves have gone black, and they're all shriveled up. And she's had it a long, long time. And you say, you say a laurel. Is it, the, is it the bay laurel or the sort of cherry laurel type? No, I think it's just the laurel tree. I don't think it's the cherry type. I think yeah, yeah, because it's bay laurel. One you just for cooking. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's yeah, all right. Okay. That's easy. Yeah. That's a that's a good one to sort out, isn't it? Yeah. Um, all the leaves have gone black, or just the new growth? Um, she's got a little bit of new new growth on it. But yeah, it'd be the older the ones. Yeah. Are shriveled. But they went black first. Yes, and then they all shriveled up, curled up. Right, is it growing in a container or is it growing no, in the garden? it's actually in the garden and she's had it there since she moved. Hmm. Or it's got, is it quite big and she's had it there for about 11 or 12 right. years. Right, it's still got to be aphid, hasn't it? I thought so, yeah, but yeah. Yeah, it's got these... Well, you get the, the, the aphids feeding. You get this sooty mould, which um, grows on... The, the aphids, uh, they, they, oh, I see. they so spray out... Uh, you can do... 
Uh, just, just basically, give it. Um, you can wash it over with an insecticidal soap, and then just feed it and look after it. You know, try and pick off yeah. the black leaves. Like, give it a good I feed think with. It's lack of water, or it doesn't sound like it. Dry. No, good lick, good liquid feed will do it good, mm. and it worth spraying with an insecticide just to clear off any bugs that are still there. I hope that has helped you. The BBC Essex Gardening Hour with Ken Crowther. This is BBC Essex. Back to your gardening questions in a moment, but right now on BBC Essex Gardening, our podcast, I've got some tips on things you could be getting on with in the garden this week. Now, first up, it's got to be deadheading annuals. Yep. Now, the thing that I've watched people do, which is really wrong, is they just pull the head off. Pull the head off off a geranium, as an example. Now, what happens then is that if we get some damp weather, and I do say if we get some damp weather, what happens is that stem will rot and where it rots is down at the base of it, and that's, of course, where it's joined to the stem. You therefore get stem rot, and you lose your geranium. So it's important that what you do is, when you've got a geranium, you run your fingers down the stem and click it off at the bottom. Things like French marigold all need deadheading. If Namisha is coming to an end, just go over the top of it with a pair of uh, scissors. Take all those deadheads, it will regrow from the base. If you've got pansies that are still growing, deadhead them. And I tell you what you can do with pansies and violas if you've still got flower, you can actually chop them off again with scissors, rub a bit of... uh, compost in and they'll reappear before the end of the summer they'll go on and on and on my second tip must be about feeding annuals a liquid feed is the way forward it's the easiest thing to do but you must never do it in of course in the time when of course the sun is out liquid feeding is so important so they are liquid feed those annuals and We'll have more top tips for the next seven days later on in the podcast. Ken Crowther. This is BBC Essex. It's gardening here on BBC Essex with Ken Crowther and Mick Lavelle. Mick Lavelle's even got his best shirt on today. It says Riddle University College, I'm, I'm 1893. Off. Yes, I'm off, I'm off air after this. So I've got to put in a bit today. So. What are you going to do over there today? Uh, we've got an open day for oh, uh, open prospective day. students. So, yeah, so anyone out there still, if you're thinking, oh, I'd love to do a degree in horticulture, just pop in and see us. Go and see Mick. Yeah. They are. He's the man. <laughs> Give us a call now anyway. 0800 4041. That's the number to call. Don't forget, you can still text us. Uh, we've had several texts and we've got to do those as well. Uh, that is 8 one triple three put Essex on the front. Let's go now straight to David in Whitham. Hi, David. Good morning, gentlemen. What a grand morning. Just... What can we do for you, sir? Right, in my back garden, I've got an excuse for a lawn. <laughs> I think we um... all have a bit at the moment. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, I've got dandelions in it, daisies, I've got other weeds. Is there anything that I can put on there to kill the weeds but not the grass? Well, the answer is yes. Yeah, but it's, it's there's a, a big B on the butt, though, isn't there? At the yeah, moment? it's it's a very very um sort of a big caveat on this. You can, but it's not the time of year to do it. The problem is at the moment that your grass will stop growing once it gets past about thirty degrees. Grass stops growing even if you water it. Right, it's just one of the things with temperate grasses. 
That's why all the verges have gone yellow. It's not because the council haven't done something, it's just the weather. Right? <laughs> and so your lawn <laughs> isn't, isn't an indictment of you as a gardener. I mean, you, you, you think about it, they'll put covers over at Wimbledon and all kinds of things, because this hot weather is, is a nightmare for anyone trying to manage grass. So what you really need to do is to, uh, if there's any big ones, you can dig them out, but it will leave a bit of a, it'll leave a dusty patch where it was. Um, my advice is, is to sort of just... Sit tight. Have, have a bit of a go at them. Take the worst out. Make sure they don't flower. Make sure they don't spread. As soon as we start to get some rain again, and we're really talking about into August when the day length goes down a bit, so it's a big, it will start to get a bit cooler at night, and the grass will make some growth, and uh, we get some uh, rain, hopefully. That's the time to put down uh, one of the autumn uh, feeds to feed the grass, and also to put down um, a selective weed killer, which you can put down. You can, so you can put these selective herbicides across there, and they will actually make the plants grow in um, a, a sort of more upright way, and the mower will catch them. So when you're doing it, be careful. It's got to be a lawn, selective lawn weed killer. Does so that make... I need to go to a, a really good... Um... Uh, yeah, yeah. Just go to yeah, your local go garden centre, but yeah. don't yeah, buy center, yeah. just don't buy a weed killer because sadly yeah. people do do that. They go and buy, and I'm not even going to mention their name, that not the person's name, but the chemical name, because you might yeah. then get it in your head and go and ask for it. I mean, the thing is, it does kill those things. Do kill the weeds, but they kill the grass as well. Yeah. yeah well, so somebody <laughs> did say, you know, if I've got dandelions and that, and tortoises love dandelions, and they uh, said get a tortoise. I said I did. But it leaped over the, over the fence the next door and out all these dandelions. <laughs> <laughs> David, it's nice to hear from you. That's a good one. Okay. Thank you very much, Thanks, David. Gentlemen. Thank you very much. Be That's careful. Him. Wait till the weather changes. We're going to have to wait till the weather changes for a lot of things this year. Well, in Gold, yes, aren't we? yeah. 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 <laughs> Ted in Cressingham. Hello, Ted. Oh, hello there. Yes, yeah, Cressing, not Cressingham. Oh, sorry. Ted That's in okay. Cressing. Not a problem. I haven't moved. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a. I don't know whether it's a problem or not. I haven't grown cucumbers before, but I've got two cucumbers here, absolutely beautiful. Apart from the fact they've got a white mildew on every single leaf, it's dusty. As you hit it, the dust flies off. Yeah. Is that dangerous? It's not dangerous, but it's um. The thing is, with um, cucumbers, are mildew prone. And um, this sort of um, dry weather actually uh, promotes it because normally, like cycles of wet and dry, that's why what promotes the mildew. Now, of course, right. you think, well, it's been dry, you know, but of course you've been watering them. Um, yes, I have. I have to water them three or four times a day. Cause they, yeah, they I mean, the, the trick would be to try and keep the water off the leaves. I don't put the water on the leaves at all. Yeah, but he, he, I mean, that, that is um, the sort of only thing you can do. There's, no, there's not really a great deal else you no. can do. Because what you've got to remember is if you start trying to use all these systemic insecticides and things, they go into the cucumbers as well. Yeah, right? yeah so, I you, know. so yeah. I mean, well, and I most people grow... squash here as well, but they haven't got a, any mildew on at all. No, some things are more susceptible than others. Courgettes sometimes get mildew. Courgettes but, get a lot of but, um, mildew, but cucumbers especially are. Uh, I mean... Keeping the humidity up is important from the point of view of them resisting pests, but that you do Air get movement. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, just one of those things. Do. Yeah. If you what all I can say really is if the plant's still growing, if it's flowering yeah. and your cucumbers are growing, yeah, how it are. looks really isn't important. Unless just you were planning the worst on, ones yeah. off and get on yeah. with it really. Yeah, unless you were planning on taking it to a flower show to to exhibit it, it doesn't really matter what it looks like. <laughs> right, okay. Thank you very much. Okay. 
Thank you. Bye-bye. Don't forget, you can call us on 0800 4041, just as Charlie in Finchingfield has. Haven't you, Charlie? What, what you up to? Good morning, you two. Morning. Hi. Um, I've got a problem with a wide, low hedge. It's about 10 foot long, uh, about 4 foot high, and I want to split it down the middle. Uh, can you advise me when I can do that? So, hang on. You want to cut it in width or height? No, I want to cut it in width, the, the, the length ways, to make it narrower. Right, oh, yes. So, yeah, how so wide is it me? then? Pardon? How wide did you say it was? Well, that's the, the width The width of it is about 10 foot. 10 foot wide? Oh, right. Uh, what, right sort of, 10, what sort of hedge well, is it? No, what? 10 foot length, in length. Yeah. Yeah. In ten foot in length, and that's about two foot wide, I suppose. And you want so you want to make it narrower. I want to make it narrower. Yeah, right. What sort of hedge is it? That's a laurel hedge. Laurel hedge with the big, big laurel leaf. Yes, that's yeah. right. Now two foot doesn't sound very wide for a laurel hedge. Not well, really. That no, a bit, that might be a bit wider than that. Yeah, well, I reckon it is. Yeah. Now yeah. the thing yeah. is, it's, um, it's at it's, the moment that one's cutting, so it's probably wider than that. What I would what I would do now is I'd, I'd give it um, a trim, if you like, to try and keep it tidy. You, you, laurel hedges are always best done with secateurs. And yeah, go over and take anything which is really it, growing yeah. out from there to keep it as tight as you can just for now. Yeah. And just have a bit of patience, because not yeah. what you can do is next spring, so around oh, about yeah. March time, but late late March, you can cut that back really tight. With a saw. Yeah, and oh, just yeah. go straight in and get it to exactly the width you want. And yeah. it will start to grow from the brown wood. If you do that this time of the year, it will really weaken the plants, especially in um, hot weather like this. The actual the bark and the buds which are emerging will get burned by the sun. So it's really not the time to do it. But you can give it the, the normal sort of secretaire trim, keep it yeah, tight. You can do that yeah, two or three right. times this summer to try and make sure you keep it manageable and just keep telling yourself... I'm going to deal with this problem next winter and yeah. do it around about March because then it will really sort of shoot back into it. You can cut a laurel down to a stump. You can compass and it'll it and it will come back. So you don't need to go that hard on it, but um, just to, to reassure you, you can really go to town on it in March. Is that all right, oh, yeah. Charlie? Yeah, that's all right. Very well. Thanks very much. Okay, okay that's no Char Charlie with his laurel and he's given us a ring on 0800 4041. That's the number to call where we're talking gardening all the way through till 12 with me, Ken Crowther. And him over there, Mick yes. Lavelle. And Shirley in West Mersey. How's West Mersey today, Shirley? Beautiful and sunny. Good morning to you both. Gorgeous, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. Um, I just put it up some hardy salvia cuttings that I took a few weeks ago. That's mm -hmm. Wendy's Wish. Mm -hmm. um, some are already about 12 inches high. Um, should I actually reduce the height of these little plants. It's, not a, it's not a bad idea. If, if you want them to, to be a nice balanced shrub... It's see, worth taking what, the tops out. What it? happens usually is they get very leggy otherwise. I know that we grew some in the glasshouse, uh, true and pink this year, and they all grew up and flowered and looked fantastic on the bench and we took them off. They were, they were flopping horrible. around all over the place, you know, yeah. because they'd just not, we'd not really got onto them you to want, move them. You, you want know, the so. strength of the stem to be yeah. at the base, don't you? Yeah, and the other thing is we, we tend to get too excited about we want the things to flower in the first year in our own gardens. And I mean, even professionals sort of still fall uh, victim to this if we not, not, don't really think about it. So you, you'd be better off cutting it back by usually about a third of the height once once it gets to about the height you're at. So take it down to about eight inches, six to eight inches, you know, we'll be all right. And um, nip out any side shoots as well, just, just the very tips of any side shoots, and you'll get a really, really strong bushy plant. And it will also help the 
the stem, which is, is connected to the roots, to thicken and uh, strengthen up as well. So you get a much more balanced plant. That's lovely. Okay, okay. thank you very much indeed. No That's Shirley Thanks. in West Mersey. And haven't salvias come on? I mean, when you think how salvias, they, yeah. you know, from, was it Hot Lips was one of the first ones, wasn't it? Yeah, these shrubby salvias, which have yeah. proven to be a lot hardier than people thought they were. You know, I mean, But, I mean, hardiness is a relative thing. I mean... <laughs> Depends on the weather. It, we're back to the weather, aren't it, it we? It does, but I mean, the, the, also the site you're on. You know, I, mean, I, I was telling people I managed to um, overwinter, say managed to overwinter, managed to overwinter streptocarpus outdoors. I just didn't lift them because we, we tried them out for bedding and thought, oh, we'll leave them. We've got more in the glass house. It's not worth uh, lifting them. And they all came up again this year. So a lot of it is, uh, there's all these uh, salvias which people thought are from Mexico. They're not really hardy. They're proving to be real uh, garden staples Quite now. Yeah. Toughies, aren't and there's some really good varieties coming up. I was watching the Beech Grove Garden last uh, Sunday, I think. That's it a was good programme. It is, yeah. Like, mm. And um, they had the um, a whole lot of different salvias uh, as cultivars, some of which I'd not heard of. I thought, oh, I like that one. I like that one. <laughs> <laughs> so there's been a lot of interest in them in about the last decade. The Gardening Hour podcast on BBC Essex with Ken Crowther. Right now on the BBC Essex Gardening Hour podcast, um, my guest Mick Lavelle has got some more hot tips. Are they hot tips? Well, for hot weather, they are hot tips. Now, it might seem like the worst time of the year to put in the water, but you may think that should have been done earlier in the year. (laughs) Actually, it's not a bad time at all. You'll probably find that you can um, spend the time fixing it properly. You won't be wanting to nip in because it's cold or anything like that, so get it fitted. Um, With plastic, it'll be nice and soft if you need to do any drilling, things like that, so connect it up there. If we get even a reasonably small shower of rain, could happen. Even the next, remember all that roof space from your from your roof will collect water very quickly. So you'll have water there, and rainwater, of course, is best for things like uh, plants in pots because it needs to be slightly acidic for most plant roots. So don't despair. Don't expect it to fill up just because you've um, put it in straight away. But it'll be there for when you need it. So it's good, that's, not a good, a, that's a good idea. Because yeah, don't don't worry about locking the stable door after the horse has bolted. The horse <laughs> will come again. <laughs> Well, and in fact, water is an important thing at this time of year, isn't it? It is. Do you know, and the thing is as well, we, we think about water for plants this time of the year. And you know, I'm very keen on the whole sort of wildlife in the garden. Yeah. But one of the things which I think is really important this time of the year, we think we talk about bird baths. Actually, birds will go bath in dust. What they need is some water. In fact, any garden wildlife needs water. If you haven't got a pond uh, and an area for them to drink in, it's a good idea to uh, put sources of water out, bowls of water, even pet bowls of water, just sunk into the ground a little bit with some uh, stones and gravel, just in case smaller things fall in them. Make sure that there's always water for them to drink because it that garden of yours is like a desert for them at the moment if you don't provide any water. Well, keep listening to the podcast as there's still more hints and tips to come. The BBC Essex Gardening Hour with Ken Crowther. This is BBC Essex. Hello, Maureen. Hello, Ken. Um, I'm sorry to trouble you, really, because you gave the answer last week. Um, it was how to get rid of clover in the lawn. You said it must in- include a certain ingredient. Uh, I forgot what that was. Well, you, yeah, you needn't worry about the ingredient. Um, basically, it's a herbicide that will affect um, broad-leafed broad yeah. broad 
weeds as we know yeah. them. Um, yeah. If you go to a garden centre and you go to a garden centre where you've got more of a chance of maybe getting a, some, a trained member of staff or something like that. Is rather it M- than, it's yeah. something like MCP. I can't know, but it's, it's, but it's, MCPA is one of them. Don't worry about the chemical. Yeah, it, just go in and say you want a selective herbicide for use on lawns. You've got to be really clear that it's for use on lawns because they'll know then that you want because the, the, the grasses are not affected by these herbicides. Because it's, what what they do is they actually encourage the um, the the lawn weed to grow upwards in a sort of a, a strange growth pattern, and the mower catches them and damages them. That that's the way they work. They don't actually kill the um, the lawn weeds, but they cause them to do something which um, uh, wouldn't it wouldn't normally do. Now. I said to there's a, a, yeah. uh, someone called before. It's not really the time of year to do that though now because Especially the grass isn't the growing. Grass, the grass is, is is not growing at all, mm. and therefore it is a problem. But you need to do it when the grass is growing. Yeah, I mean by, by about September, you know, the, the temperature will go down. The grass will start to grow again because it's the high temperatures at the moment which will suppress it. Even if it rains, it won't start to grow straight away. No. Uh, and so by about September you can do it. And it's a good time to get it. September. Until almost into early October, a perfect times for um, for, for a, a late renovation of a lawn prior to winter. And if yeah. you're feeding your lawn at that time, make sure you use an autumn feed. It's not a confidence trick put down by um, feed manufacturers. There are differences in terms of the, the feeds we use in the autumn and spring. Okay, Maureen. Okay, that's lovely. Thank you very much. And it's interesting because I had to cut a lawn. Uh, I topped a lawn this week again mm. because of the clover being in flower. Yes. Because I don't like too much clover flower. But, mm. in fact, when you look at clover, it's green. You mm. do wonder why people want to get rid of it, because actually it's as good as grass, isn't it? It's, it's as good green. as a fertiliser, really. In the oh, grass, as well. It? It's added <laughs> nitrogen, isn't it, as yeah. well? So Anyway, let's go talk vegetables in Little Bursted with Colin. <laughs> Hello, Colin. Good morning to both of you. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I'm having... I've grown... A, I grow, actually, a lot of vegetables. Good, yeah. And... This year, I've had no end of problems in um, spinach and beetroot. They've come up, and they've come to about four or five leaves, and suddenly they've killed over. Oh, I thought you said it bolted. No, I thought you were going to say Yeah, because I was going to say the high temperatures will make them bolt. They like it a little bit cooler. No, it looks like... It's not slugs, but it looks like something's going up the leaves and nibbling the spinach leaves right back to the stem, and the same with the beetroot. Now, what sort of... When you say nibbling, is it a nice, clean uh, mark that's been made on them, or is it raggedy? It's raggedy, just like a, a saw, a blade of a saw. Oh, because uh, if, if, if it's sort of slug, thinned it? out, I'd, I'd think it could be a, a slug or a snail. Because if it's if it's sort because of, you don't always find them. You expect to see this fat not. mollusk lying around, having enjoyed its lunch, but it doesn't. They disappear off. Um, but if, if it's through the whole lot, I thought it was mouse to start with, so I went out and bought some mouse traps and put along the line. Yeah, um, it's a bit late in the year I've for mine. Mice don't usually go after them this time of year. Never. Yeah. No, I'm, uh, it's tempted. The other thing I think is things like cutworms and things like that, they're usually right at the surface mm. of the soil. You know, sound yeah. Yeah. Birds wouldn't, would they? No. Unlikely not this time unlikely, of the year. Yeah. Anything not... I can spray them with or. Well, like now herein lies the problem because if you put something poisonous on there to kill whatever's eating them, what did you yeah. intend to do with those plants? <laughs> 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 so the, you have to think it through, really, because if you put something highly toxic on a plant, then good, that'll kill anything that eats it. You're included in that list. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so be careful what you put on them. I mean, yeah. 
But it, I've it, never had this sort of trouble before, you know, and... You know, no, but I mean, really, the difference of, of like whether it's been chewed or if it's been uh, what a snail does it rasps off. It's like a file, so you get thinning around the edge. It looks really raggedy, and you'll get th- th- a, a, a sort of an, I still an area wonder thin- whether it is that. You know. Yeah, because because they they do, and snails will take an awful lot in one sitting, if you like. You know, yeah. so I mean, uh, and there's been lots of banded snails around. They like it hotter. Yeah. There's been a lot of those around. Them I most. would. Um, so I would, what would you suggest I should do? I would try... Have you tried getting rid of slugs and snails? Yeah, I've done that. And that hasn't worked? No. They just, you know, the plants are on probably... They've got about six or seven leaves. And suddenly I go out there the next morning and the leaves are just killed straight over. Dropped over? Yeah. So they're, they're, they're eaten and dropped over? Yeah. At the base, I've been, I've been eating yeah, with. Yeah, the base and half, part of the way up the leaf. Well, mainly at the base. Rabbit. You don't get rabbit, do you? I do get rabbits, but I keep them out of my vegetable garden. <laughs> I was going to say, because rabbit at the moment are very hungry again because there's lack of grass, you yeah, see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so, could, you never know, it could be mice. If they might be a, hmm. a bit short of food. It's, I think the thing is, we're not going to get to the bottom of exactly what it is today. No, I think it's, it, sometimes you just get. You see, it's never happened before. It might just be a product of this season. It's very hot weather we've been having. Yeah. Colin, I'll tell you what though. If anybody else has uh, got, yeah. had this problem, Colin, they can give us a call, can't they? Yes, indeed. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Sorry, we haven't got a firm answer for you. Oh eight hundred triple one forty forty one. That's the number to call. And if you've had a similar problem to Colin, you could perhaps uh, solve his riddle as well. And we're going to go to Annie now. And Annie is in Basildon. Hello, Annie. Oh, hi, laddies. How are you? We're fine. (laughs) How are you? Um, I feel terrible. Oh, dear. Because I'm ringing you to be a murderer. I'm planning a murder. What do you want to do? (laughs) Well, I'm not green-fingered at all, but there's been a beautiful honeysuckle bush that the guy who planted it 20-odd years ago, it was beautiful. But he's long gone, hmm. and seventy-five-year-old woman can't do anything about it. Anyhow, what's happened? It is encroaching right into my garden. It's pulled down the fence. Hmm. It's going in two or three meters right deep rooted, and it's bringing in thorns. Now, the last ten years plus, I've tried cutting it and cutting it. You know. Um, and I have the lady's permission. She's gotten rid of it too, but just take a few cuttings from it. But have you got any ideas for me how to get rid? Is it growing in next door's garden? No, it's on the it's on the fence. I know, but is it growing in next door's garden, or is it growing in your garden? Well, I think it's 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 more in my garden. Well, yeah, but it's where, where it comes out of the ground. Does it come it, out of the ground yeah. on your side of the fence or their side of the fence? Well, it's in the middle. It's right. It's, it, honestly, it's right. Well, the, a, the, the answer fence, is... The, in, is <laughs> the answer is if, it, if it's in the middle or it's growing partly in their garden, you can't actually dig it out. All you can do is take the shears to it and mm. cut it really hard back. And I mean that. You can cut it back right to the fence line and then just let the new growth flower, mm. and that would be quite sufficient, wouldn't mm. it? Yeah. 
Oh, I've done that many, many times. I know, but you have to do it every year. You can't do it many, many... You, do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. You have to cut yeah. it every year in the same way. Yeah. But you can't honestly dig it out. Yeah. I mean, if, if, if it's you and your neighbour and, you and you're wanting to dig out, either between you or if you get someone in to do it, it can be dug out. But I have to get access to both sides to make sure that you dig it right and out. And you've got to get permission. Yeah. So if, if your neighbour's keen, you know, that it happens as well. You can get some sort of agreement between you to uh, to make sure it's dug out on both sides. But Annie, that's the only way you can yeah. do it. Sadly, I'm going to move on, and don't forget that number to call is 0800 111 4041. Do's to Steve. Hello, Steve in Leon C. Good morning, both of you. Morning. Uh, I phoned you last week, Ken. This is a follow-up. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, marrows. I've got two plants. Uh, one's got two marrows on it, two inches long. And the other one hasn't got anything, it's just got males. Mm -hmm. um, will I get any marrows off of that one? In theory, yes, it could happen, couldn't yeah. it? Mm. It's, it's wet, I hate to say it, but it's weather related again, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Marrows yeah. and courgettes are, are affected by cold and hot. Mm. If it's right. too hot, a marrow won't necessarily mm. produce all the right flowers, will it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it. It is just a matter of wait and see. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> try, try and give the plant everything it needs. Right? I'll give it then, plenty of water every night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And You're probably doing all the right things. I'm not so, you know, often right. people phone us up and they think, what have I done wrong? And actually, yeah. apart, apart from expect things to go well, that's the only thing you've done wrong because sometimes things don't go as we want them to. If you ask any of the farmers at the moment, they say, oh, it's not raining, it's a real problem, yeah. wheat isn't um, really, really low yield on it. There's nothing can be done about that, you know. It's just the temperature and the the, the weather we've got at the moment, you know. Right, um, they're, they're, they're partly in shade anyway. Yeah. So they're not in direct sunlight. No, no, no. That, that's, I think you're probably doing all the right things. Right. But it's just a matter of um, wait and see, really. You know, cause, um, unless you're you know hoping to you know, break the parish record for uh, the weight of a marrow grown this year, you know, it's not going to happen this year for anyone. Right. So don't no, worry. I about just it. want some for myself. Yeah, of course, yeah. So, I mean, just, just nurture, nurture the ones you've got. No, just live in hope. I think that's all we can really say. I know it sounds like a, a bit naff, but that is, unfortunately, the, the lot of the horticulturists. So. We move on to Beverly and Tiptree. Hi, Beverly. Hello, you all right? Yes, this all right. One, uh, about, my, about my wisteria. Um, okay. It's five years old. First time it's flowered, and they were about 12 inches long, the flowers. Lovely. But now they've gone. I've got, like, looks like, I know it's seed pods, um, but they're about, they look like runner beans growing now. They're about six to eight inches long. Do yeah. I just right. or leave them? Um, it's, it's not really, it won't damage the plant by leaving them on, but you won't get, uh, it won't come true from seed. What you'll no, get is no. something a lot more like a wild one, which is not really as garden work. And you could argue, couldn't you, that the nutrients, yeah. that the plant's going, putting into seed production rather than growth. I think, well, I think the thing is at the moment, what, what, the, what you'll find Jerry Wisteria is doing is producing a huge amount of long trails. Yeah. Now, it's more important you deal with those than with the seed pods. The seed pods are a sideshow. They're interesting, you know, but they, I mean, you, you can take them off. But at the moment, you need to reduce those back. And probably, uh, normally the recommendation is July to August. I would say with right. it's really hot like this, you might have to do it now and do it again uh, towards the end of August. And you reduce right. them down to about five to six buds. So you shorten them back. And look down right. the base to make sure there's none rooting around and uh, layering themselves through your borders. Then you right, go back okay. to it in February and you take it back to three buds and you'll notice that the, the buds have become much bigger. You take it back to three buds and you'll get flowers which are much bigger doing it that way and you keep it tight against the wall. Okay. Right. 
Right, okay then. So Not a problem. what you're saying is cut it back. Cut, cut, cut them off. Um, cut them back to about five or six buds, just at the time of the year. Yeah. Simple as that. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Beverly, for that. That's given people uh, also another little job for the weekend. And don't forget, if you're listening to the podcast of this programme, you can, if you have missed part of the programme, and it's also got extra tips on there, a plant of the week, all lots of added extras. And you can find that by going to the front of the website and following it through to the gardening podcast uh, we go to just out of interest um pam in earls con has rung in and said or sent a text sparrows have been eating her spinach ah it's, a, it's, it's, it's the fact that they've been yep. they were falling down i thought something's nipped them if you like could yes. be, so sparrows it? could be yeah i mean the thing is well we're not used to seeing sparrow damage so much now because they've, they're quite yeah. uncommon yeah she's saying they've totally stripped the plant back to the back to the stem which could be the other the other problem could, could be a bit of netting might solve it then yeah let's go on to dave hello dave hello there I've got a problem with the rose yep. um be- begin the month i um went down the garden and it was totally naked was it? What lost all yes. its leaves? Lost, lost all its leaves. No, no when ha- you get the uh, cabbage wipes. Um, yeah, same sort of thing. Same sort, of, just overnight. There so is a caterpillar. I think it's isn't it one of the moths is actually clearing off leaf or roses. Uh, no, you got me. On is that it a moth? I think yeah. it's a moth. Mm. Oh, uh, yes, yes. There is a caterpillar that is clearing roses back to yes, to just back to veins. That's right. Yeah, I yeah. think it's a moth caterpillar, and mm. I must agree, I haven't been able to spot it. Uh, mm. I've seen it in a garden, but I can't find the caterpillar because most likely oh. the caterpillar's finished. Yeah, gone off yeah. and pupated. Yeah. Gone off yeah. and pupated. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Have a good look on the. Have you had a good look on the rose? I've had a good look. Yeah, can't see. Yeah, anything. no, neither could neither could I. So <laughs> it's, it's got to be there somewhere because as the new shoots are coming out, they're they're ending up the same. Oh, oh. Is that right. Now, if it's, if it's happening on the new shoots as well, because sometimes these things yeah. just have a cycle where it happens yeah. and the plant recovers. Um, what yeah. you need to do then in that case is to use um, some sort of systemic uh, insecticide. insecticide and make sure it's a systemic one because that'll kill the caterpillars off as they feed. It might seem a bit counterintuitive, but you will it will work. You know, get rid of the problem. Bug, Bug Clear Ultra is one of yeah. the better ones that's around now. Yeah, that's lovely. Okay. All right. Yeah. Dave with his Dave with his roses, and in just a little while we'll talk to Alison in Chapel Heath, Pauline in Rochford. No, oh, we got some text to deal with, and a couple of emails because there was a plant there that uh, somebody didn't recognise as well. Indeed. You see, so there's lots going on. The Gardening Hour podcast on BBC Essex with Ken Crowther. We'll be back to your calls, texts and emails shortly, but let's take a final look at the tips we have for this week. Now, Mick, pests. Pests, yeah. <laughs> it's, do you know, I'll tell you a little story here. I went to do a garden this week in somebody's garden, mm. and uh, it was they'd bought some plants to plant out. The pansies are all finished, as you can imagine, mm. winter pansies, and they wanted these put in, these plants in. And they said, oh, I hadn't brought any compost. Normally, don't you, Ken, put a bit of added compost in, you see. So mm. I said, yeah, but I said, don't worry. I've seen round the back by your compost, there's a couple of bags of compost. Bags of compost, you know, mm. bought compost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So off I go and get them. One's open and one isn't open. So I tip these out on the top and I worked it into the soil, you see. And I'm thinking, oh, there's a few slugs in there. So I picked out half a dozen slugs and lost those over the fence. Don't worry, it's a, it's a field beyond, yeah. you see. So then I think I'll water the bed a bit to get it nice and moist so that I can do the plants. 
Do you know, the slugs kept on emerging and emerging. Yeah. And this is out of one bag of compost. Well, 18 slugs came out of they, this compost. They are a bit funny, those slugs, because they, they like to start off eating decaying matter, most of yeah. them. There's about 30 species of slugs or something in that region. And I think there's only about three or four of them, which preferentially go for green material over and above decaying material, first off. So they will inhabit a, a bag of compost, getting through the smallest little holes in there they'll, uh, they'll get into so slugs really are only a problem when you get large numbers of them because then they start to run out of the decaying material and go after live material as the yeah. second best, usually. But, but yeah. I like picking them out and chucking them away. I think that's, oh, a, yeah. that's a nice, friendly thing to do, isn't it? It's you have to be careful because yes. they can come back, can't they? 20 yards or something, isn't it? Yeah, I think snails especially have got a fantastic yeah. homing instinct, yeah. A good, strong <laughs> catapult for them, I think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But you, there's plenty of safer slug deterrents and snail deterrents, and there's also, if you get really desperate, there are slug pellets that you can use. But be, use them carefully. Yeah, I mean, this time of the year, you can use the nematodes, of course, which yeah. are oh, very yeah, effective against well. bee slugs, because the, the slugs tend to live, as you've seen, within the soil itself, so the nematodes get to them. They're less effective against snails, it has to be said. So snails well come slugs. down, feed, then go and uh, hang out somewhere else. And, uh, Hide under yeah. the leaf. Indeed, yes. So, I mean, there's, that's one pest, but there's, there's a, whole, a whole army oh, of them out there at the moment, isn't Loads there? and loads, aren't there? Yeah. I mean, there's all the aphids yeah. we've got to look for. A cherry aphid is particularly bad, isn't it, at this time yeah, of year? I mean, do you know all I do is just snip the tips off? Because there's no fruit on the tips, is there? No, I mean, you can do all sorts of things. There's little tips like that. I mean, the, the best thing you can really do is try and encourage beneficial predators of mm. them because they work tirelessly, you know, 24-7 once you've got good numbers of them. And they, it only takes a little bit of putting up uh, the sort of habitat uh, places for little um, uh, things like lacewing boxes, ladybird boxes, they do really help. You know, and I mean, uh, I was doing some work in the gardens of the college with them, and I noticed my arms irritated, and I had about six or seven ladybird larvae chomping <laughs> away on my arm, <laughs> outraged that I've been in their patch. Something. So uh, there are plenty of them about, but you need to encourage mm. them to make sure the numbers stay high, so that it keeps the pest numbers down. Now. This time of year, I get a, you know we have to think carefully. Vine weevil. Yes. Now, vine weevil love container-grown plants, particularly, don't they? Indeed, if they're yeah, in container. Yeah. Now, what stage are we at at the moment? Let's just remind people in me. Well, they're, they're, they start they to adult, emerge about they? now. But they, they, they start to see the adults emerging uh, around about now. Between now and August is the time when we would normally apply the um, the nematodes to the soil, which are one of the most effective ways of controlling them. They're not particularly effective in open soil, but in pots. And they're really easy. You buy them. Normally you buy a little card from a garden centre or something. Like yeah. And then they send that off in the post with your details. And they send you back these little sponges, which you soak in water and just water them in. They couldn't be easy. There's several different methods. They all amount to the same thing. They're watered into the soil. And these nematodes are very, very effective, but it needs to be, the compost needs to be warm enough. Not a problem at the moment. So it's a combination of the compost being warm enough and there being um, the vine weevil larvae present. They don't go after the adults at all. If you see the adults... We Stamp on them. Squash them, do whatever you want to do. Yeah, very satisfying. But they're nocturnal, aren't they? Which Generally makes it speaking, difficult, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. They're all female as well. They lay pre-fertilised eggs. Yeah. They don't have to mate at all. About one in 10,000 vine weevils is a male. So that's a bit mind-blowing. So it really, it's it's a thing, a, a thought of pest watch, really, at this time of year, isn't it? Just knowing, like that? knowing, what, yeah, knowing what they are and recognising them. Was, I mean, it's the old uh, adage, you know, know it, recognise it, deal with it. You know. So, I mean, uh, as long as you can see what it... Don't just assume because it's an insect, it's a pest. Lots of insects are beneficial or benign. We don't do anything. There's a very small number of them become pests, but they, unfortunately they occur in very large numbers when we do.
Thanks, Mick. Now let's get straight back to your gardening questions. The BBC Essex Gardening Hour with Ken Crowther. This is BBC Essex. It's the BBC Essex Gardening Hour. Back to the phones now, and we will first go to Alison, as I promised. And what can we do for you, Alison? Right. Um, my knowledge of gardening is very limited to the extent that I was growing a lovely flower in the garden. I was so proud of it until my father-in-law came round and said it was a weed. Ah, so no, now hang on though, Alison. If you were in, no, he's wrong. He's actually wrong in a way, your father-in-law, because if you were enjoying it as a flower, it uh, wasn't a weed. Many plants we grow well, as garden are. ornamentals so are you weeds are, you elsewhere, see? so don't worry too much about that. Anyway, how can we help you today? Right, so in my garden, I've got like a pot garden. So I've got um, plum tree, gooseberries, blueberries, yep. um, olive tree. None of them flowered this year, so I don't know what to do now coming, you know, progressing on. Right. Did you prune them through the winter period? Did I put I put them in my shed? No. Did you prune them in the winter oh, at prune, all? Yeah, pruned them, yeah, and I put, I put my gooseberries in my... It's just it's a no. shed, but it's open. But yes, I pruned them down, yeah. What about as the... I, as I always do. Hmm. Um, didn't flower at all? No, not not the plum tree, which has been, you know, like six years, and I've had plums every year. Are they still in the same... Are they still in a small pot? No, they're in, the, you know, the biggest pots you can buy. Right, so yeah. you're doing that right. Um, otherwise, are they no growing reason. quite healthily? Yes, they look... They all look very healthy. Yeah. That's um, why I'm, I'm a bit stumped. Because they all look so healthy. So we looking at our faces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no reason. Fla- is there? Flowering and, and bud bursts. So sometimes it can be environmental that you actually get the um, uh, the wrong conditions for. Them. And this but, but, spring was not good for flowering. But yeah. you should have got mm. gooseberries, shouldn't you? I would have thought so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, no, yeah. no gooseberries, no blueberries, no nothing. <laughs> is there anything I can give them for this? Coming into this winter, tomato food. Yeah, I mean, what I would Build say is, that, yeah, for the, yeah. As, as you get towards the autumn, a really good dose of tomato food every other week, and uh, just every at the normal week. strength. Yeah, I mean, you'll, you'll be able to buy it. There's, there's, there's most pound shops have their own version of it. You don't have to get anything particularly fancy or anything. It's just got something a high amount of potassium in it, and that's very important from the point of view of um, not just winter hardiness, but also um, flower bud formation. So, right. okay. so I recommend yeah. that. That's about all we can say. And if it happened again next year, I can say his phone is again, and we'll, we'll yeah. put our thinking caps on a bit more. Nothing instantly occurs to me though as to why that no. would be. Unless brought, you kept, or, or you kept him in the shed too long because of the weather. Yeah, I just kept the gooseberries in. Yeah. It's an open shed, though. It's not. Like oh, that, no, yeah, that's yeah, not yeah. a problem. Yeah. Should, not a problem. Shouldn't yeah. be a problem. No, Alison, I think tomato your answer, and um, you know. Definitely get on with that. Uh, Pauline from Rochford. Hello, Pauline. Hello. From across the water. Um, I've got a bit of a strange question. Um, My water butt is completely empty now, apart from a lot of sludge, brown sludge at the bottom. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking of trying to get that out and perhaps putting it on the garden. Is it suitable to put on the garden? Uh, right, I would tend to say, put it on a compost heap before mm. you put it on the garden. If you, do you have a compost heap? 
No, I don't. Or a composter. All right. Because in that case, I would say no, because you don't really know what it is. I mean, I don't know what it is. But it's, it's, it's roof just, debris. It's yeah, sand yeah. out the atmosphere. It's yeah. all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Well, I've got oak and um, other trees at the bottom of the garden, so That's I why do it's brown. get leaves in yeah. my garden. Uh, well, that, that, the, the tannins and that will make it brown. But even that, even then, a lot of tannins aren't actually good for the organisms in the soil because tannins are what plants produce to try and prevent things from eating them. Mm. So um, my advice would be, if you can put it onto a compost heap, fine. If not, um What dispose. about the recycle bin, the green bin? Yeah. If, well, if, if it's for garden waste, yeah. Oh, yes. OK. Bit of time. Mix it, yeah. mix mix it up, in with mix some other green waste. Yeah, mix it in with green waste. <laughs> if no, you'll get us into trouble. But I didn't tell you that. <laughs> All right, then. OK, thanks. All the very best with that. I think better safe than sorry. I wanted to quickly do the, these weeds are appearing, weeds. Mm. Uh, that picture we looked at earlier. It's saying that they're weeds and they're appearing in her runner bean trench. Never seen before. Trench filled rotted kitchen garden compost. Roots look like Jerusalem. I'll show what is it and where's it come from. Susan Mercer, I reckon it's come out of her rubbish because we haven't given it to her, have we? No. Where's it come from, she says. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, it looked a lot like um, an Aram board. It does which, look like an Aram, but look, you wouldn't expect them, would you? No, but not in kitchen ways. But the, the thing is, in... Um, there is a native arum, there's, well, there's two species of yes. native arum, there's italicum and, um, and right. maculatum. And um, they, they, um, they, they, they um, seed, actually, don't they? Yeah, the, the, the birds will, um, will, will... But this will, has got quite a bit of root on it, hasn't it? They grow quite quickly. I mean, the, certainly the, um, the arum italicum uh, will, will actually uh, will grow from seed very rapidly. It's become, where it's been introduced into gardens, some people often regret it. We, we, we get a lot of it come up in some of our um, woodland plantings at the, um, at the college. Uh, and you know, it's just one of these things, you know. So it's, I wouldn't really worry about it. Just deal with it if you shouldn't want it. OK, we've got quite a few calls to get through, but I wanted to do that because that came up with a picture on an email. And thank you very much for that. That's, uh, who was it from? Oh, God. Did I say it was from? I didn't, did I? Uh, yes, Susan Mercer. Thank you, mm. Susan, for that. And we do try and get through your emails, even if I end up uh, doing them at a different time of the day. But anyway, let's... Uh, mm. Now... We have got quite a few calls, so we will mm. nip through them as fast as we can, and we've got a couple of uh, comments as well. But let's go to Lois first. Hello, Lois. Hello. Um, good morning. Hi. Got, I had three alliums, which I put in a pot last year, and they bloomed beautifully. Um, this year, nothing. Right. What can I do, and what went wrong? Right, now you say nothing. Did they produce any leaves at all? They did produce leaves which quickly went pale yellow and died off. Uh, it sounds like maybe you've got something in the compost. There are, I mean, it's oh. probably something which is maybe either fungal or it could be, it could even be eelworms and things like be that. Worth, yeah. be worth lifting them out of the yeah. compost. All right. have, lift them out of the compost, have a look yep. at them. Mm -hmm. If they are sound, repot them. Yeah. Right. In yeah. new compost. In new compost. In new yeah. compost. Yeah. Right. I mean, have you got have you got soil in the garden you could put them into? Um, well, I have, but my garden is quite crowded. I didn't oh, right, so really yeah, want yeah. to put them in. The I'd garden. put them no, John Innes, would you? Yeah, something like that. They're happier in a, a sort of sandy um, soil, if you like. So like, John Innes like with a bit soil. of grit would work well, well better, yeah, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, John Innes number three. Yeah. Eve from Angers Green. Hello, Eve. Oh, hello. Yeah, I've got the same problem as Colin had got with his uh, spinach and that's sort of wilting off. Right. So well, are they being pecked off as well? That, well, it looked as though that something has nibbled between the, uh, at the 
top of the root and just the base of the plant. Mm. Once at one point it had gone up into the core of the plant. I think that was a lettuce. And uh, do you know yeah. this sounds like cutworms? It does, doesn't yeah. it? But cutworms are a little caterpillar which live just in the surface of the soil. The, the, the worm bit is a bit of a misnomer for them because it's not a worm. And they, they chew away at the um, base at the base of plants. Yes, yeah, that's what it, it sounds like you've got here. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I did wonder. I, I mean, okay, cure, I, could sal- I could salvage the uh, lettuce and the spinach by dunking it in some cold water and eating yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it's um, it worked its way along the row. And yeah, it that def- yeah, that definitely sounds what you've got, mm. Keeve. Yeah. yeah. No, no simple answer for that one, other than enjoy what you've got left. <laughs> and we go to Mike in Colchester, water butts, Mike. Yes, uh, it's all going to be empty now, so now's the time to clean and disinfect them. Mm-hmm. That's a good point, yeah, yeah, Mike. Yeah, yeah, quite right. And what do you Uh-oh. disinfect yours with, Mike? Uh, Jay's fluid. I think that's yeah. as good as anything. I, I think that's a really good comment, Mike, and appreciate you bringing up about that because obviously discussing that with the sludge, the sludge lady can yeah. actually clear it all out and then clean it out, can't she? That's important, bit. Yep. Thank, thank you very much for your call, Mike. Thanks for your time. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's good to have people. You know, that is what this programme is about. Yeah, it's share, not share information. Sharing yeah. information. Um, Christine from Mount Bewers. Hello, Christine. Good morning, Ken. Good morning, Mick. Good morning. Um, I've got a... Um, well, it's a good problem, I suppose. I've got five big clumps of diorama, uh-huh. and uh, they're planted through weed suppressant, in uh, what is our gravel garden, but they—I didn't realise they were going to expand as much as they have. And All as right. they're older, they've got more and more difficult to um, deal with, so that they don't look tatty in the summer. I don't know whether you should cut the leaves right back, but they're very tough. I used to mm. just pull the dead ones out, but I can't do that anymore. So, have you got any suggestions? <laughs> You go pl- yeah, you're going to plant it. You see, obviously, one of the suggestions would be to uh, to lift and divide them. But if you've got them planted through, you see, weed suppressant, you mean like yeah. a membrane, a, a matting. It is. Yeah, yeah. This is. All you can do is cut the leaf off, can't you? Is yeah, it... the problem is if you cut them back hard, they're going to look very, Awful. very sorry for themselves. They will grow back, of course, but your your option you mentioned before, just taking off the dead leaves, is what I would is, do. Is the best thing to do. But if they're getting very, very crowded. Obviously, then the thing would be to lift and divide them. I think I would yeah. draw... Is it a gravel or a stone that you've got around it? It's gravel. I will pull back the gravel. I would uh, cut the membrane away from them, dig them out, separate them, replant, and put it all back. Yeah. Wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, yeah. but not this not time now. of the year. Not now. Wait till the autumn. Autumn. <laughs> no, I wouldn't do it now. They're flowering. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Yeah. That's yeah. right. So they are. That's hopefully helped Christine. I just wanted to get through a couple of these texts as well. Um, did you know actual bag of tea bags are non-biodegradable, even though people are still putting them yeah, in the compost? Yeah, there's a big campaign with plastic in them. But, yep. um, but PG Tips were actually, they've now said they're going to They're going to go plastic, back to paper, yeah. aren't they? Mm. Um, Patio Lavaterra, this is from Rob. Um, now in its second year, first year of flowering, but when to prune and repot lavateras? Uh, just just shape them up this time of the year and give them a little bit of a prune over the, um, the, the late winter, early spring. 
this one's quite an interesting one. Somebody claims that in the 70s, it's a true story, Patrick says that somebody was emptying their bathwater through a hose pipe and got done for using a hose pipe during a hose pipe ban. Interesting one. Um, is alpaca poo okay for the garden? And again, you don't use any um, anything like that, even horse manure or anything direct, do you, Mick? No, no, you need to rot it down. So, I mean, I know a few years ago there was this big trend for having zoo poo that you, should, uh, you could buy from uh, various outlets. And it, as long as it's um, composted for around about, usually it's about uh, four to six months, it's suitable for use on the, uh, the garden. Uh, morning chaps, I'm growing sweet corn in 15 by 12 boxes. 15 by 12 boxes in garden. They're two. F Do you think that's 15 inches or 15 by 12? 15 by 12. I Could imagine be. it must be. Yeah, Could yeah. be. Right. In garden, they're two foot high. Is this okay? And this is Mike across the water in Sheppey. Yeah, I mean, they'll grow again. The thing with sweet corn, they like to have these prop roots. And so often you can sort of mulch around and things like that. I mean, the, the very worst, you could put some sort of uh, stake in or support form. The, the, the only they might need a stake They, they, they might blow over if you get some wind later on because they do make quite big, robust plants. Really. But it's going to be a good year for sweet corn. Uh, if you want to, you could probably grow white maize outside this year. It's that warm. So. <laughs> <laughs> Now, uh, just finally, Essex, it goes to Ken and Nick. Big thanks for making me feel better, read the Honeysuckle, by confirming that I've been doing all that right in the past 10 years. So that's nice to know, isn't it? Mm. Eh? And uh, cutting back, there's no miracle gardening potion other than digging it out, and that's Annie from Basildon. Thank you Absolutely, very much. Yeah. And thank you, Mick, for joining us today. My pleasure as always. The Gardening Hour podcast on BBC Essex with Ken Crowther. Thanks very much for listening to BBC Essex Gardening Hour podcast. And if you missed any of the answers to the questions we gave, you can download this programme and take it with you wherever you go via our website, bbc.co.uk slash bbcessex. Don't forget, if you have a gardening question for us, why not give us a call on 0800 111 and be part of the programme every Saturday morning on BBC Essex from 11. The BBC Essex Gardening Hour with Ken Crowther. This is BBC Essex.